I felt really good. And one of the most special things was the day before the race, you know, I led a breath-focused meditation, which to think about Ironman reaching out to Yogi Triathlete and asking us to lead a meditation, and they use the word meditation, not us. Like I was like, oh, we're not calling this a meditation. Nobody's going to come. And they called it a meditation. I was like, all right, we're calling it a meditation. Let's go. And um, to think about that happening even five years ago is just, uh, just incredibly gratifying. And we've gone through a lot, as everybody does in this life. Nobody gets a free pass. And to have moments like that, um, I told meditator Bob, I was like, I just want more. I just want more. I want more. I just want more of that. But it's, uh, you know, his answer is always be humble, be humble. And, and I was humbled by that and honored. And that was beautiful. And thank you to everybody who passed me on the bike. I get passed a lot, passed me on the bike and the run and just gave shout outs like, Hey, thanks so much. Yogi, like, thanks so much for the breath work. I tried it this morning. It helped so much. Like, thank you. Thank And that was so cool. So I felt like I made a whole bunch of new friends for the race too. Yeah. It was pretty spectacular. We really had to bring awareness back to the present moment. Like working with him is, is, really important to be honest and be truthful and to stay in the moment to give ourselves the best chance of achieving that goal. And we had to push really hard in that last mile um, and even on the home stretch and we didn't make the time. What was the time? Would you guys... 23 something or 22, 45? something, yeah. Maybe 22, 45. So we didn't hit the time and... Just like all of us, Luca was dissatisfied with the outcome for, for, for a brief moment. You know, the attachment was there and it's something we all work with too. So it was really important to just listen to him and, and hear his frustration of not hitting the time, but also that there's many more opportunities out there to race and that we can't PR every single time we race. And it's, it's, it's been eye-opening to witness this through the eyes of an 11-year-old who's working through things that a lot of 40, 50, and 60-year-olds are working with on our team. It's this attachment to outcome and that there's only one possible time to be your best. But these are the seeds that are planted every time you race to learn and grow and, and get to that ultimate race experience that you desire on the timeline that's dictated by something outside of us. Um, so we can effort all we want, but when the time is right, it will show. So it's, it's important to, to continue to detach, to strive, and to really enjoy what you're doing and love what you're doing. Because if you love this journey, you love this process, you're always going to be successful. So my advice to Luca was every time you cross the finish line, you're winning. Every time you cross the finish line, you're winning. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess. I'm here with BJ and Clark, and this is our April O Show. So psyched to have you guys here with us today. We hear from many of you, some of you, maybe just a few of you, that this is like your favorite show of the month, and I think it's awesome. And you're going to find out pretty soon. I need you guys this month. I need you to engage with us. I'm going to be posing uh, some questions here in this episode, and uh, and that's going to be coming up pretty soon. But um, 
what's coming up pretty soon besides what I'm going to be talking about pretty soon. We're going back, going back to Costa Rica in three weeks from today. Three weeks from today. Three weeks from today. Three weeks from today. We're headed to the back to the Pura Vida Cycling Challenge, which we participated in for the first time last year. Um, Jennifer and Dan, uh, who we've had on the podcast and who we will have on again while we're down there. Um, this is their May challenge. They have three per year, and we're just so grateful to be heading back and. That's not all of it because after we do this five-day cycling challenge immersed in this beautiful, wonderful, uh, welcoming community, we get to participate in a yoga retreat for eight days, which is the reverse of what you did last year. You did the yoga retreat and then met me over um, in Alajuela for the cycling challenge. So yeah, super excited for this. You know, but I want to say, as I was thinking about this today in the pool, the two races that I love the course, like I just love the course, they're happening this year, May and June. And I had to make a decision whether to do these races or show up for the cycling challenge and the yoga retreat. Um, and so I'm mentioning this because can you be okay and, and comfortable with the decision you make even though there's still going to be activity and um, joy and feedback from people around you who are participating in these races, and you're not going to be a part of that. And can you shift from what you're missing to embracing fully what you'll be participating in? And so for me, that's, that's, it's not a lot of work, but it's a great, fun place to explore. So the two courses are Ironman St. George 70.3, and then follow that up in June by Ironman Cordelline. I love the courses, love the races. And they won't be around next year. Uh, they won't, they'll be switched um, full in St. George and half in Cordelline. But what I'm going to be getting is this amazing experience with you and Val and Meg and Dan and Jennifer and the whole community down there. So uh, it's just, it's a constant opportunity to stay present and. Be grateful for where you are, not what you're missing. Well, I think what you're talking about is the is the difference between, oh my gosh, I thought we put all the balls away. He totally just found another ball to play with, Clark. Clark just got a shower and, uh, and I blew him dry a little bit with the hairdryer and now he's like on the hunt to play, which is perfect timing. Um, but I think what you're talking about here, Beach, is the difference between FOMO and JOMO. FOMO is the fear of missing out and JOMO is the joy of missing out. So when we switch our perspective, because we're in charge of our perspective, if we don't think we are in charge of our perspective, it's just because we're clouded by really strong belief systems because we've practiced a lot of thoughts that support those beliefs in our life. But JOMO is like... It's the joy of making a decision that you've decided not to go to Coeur d'Alene. You've decided not to go to San... St. George, and you made a conscious choice not to do those things. And I know you were thinking about it. Like, like, do I want to be in St. George or do I want to be in Costa Rica? And, um, and so when we lean into JOMO as opposed to FOMO, then we get to celebrate the power of our free will to make a choice and be joyful about 
the choice that we made and then use our strong wills to let those yeses be yes. And it doesn't mean that like, you're not going to have thoughts of like, oh, but I love Coeur d'Alene. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, I love, I love that bike course in St. George. Yeah, of course. And, and actually if you pay close attention, you're always going to see that there's like this little complainer within you. That's like always looking for something to be dissatisfied with. Yeah. It's never, never satisfied. Never. Yeah. It's never satisfied. And it's totally fine. Like that doesn't need to go anywhere, but who's in charge is that little, it's like this little nagging little voice. Is that in charge or you in charge? Like you as a being, as a whole being with all of your faculties, you know, moving in the direction of the life that you desire, choosing Jomo over FOMO, who's in charge? And we've talked about that being a t-shirt, you know, who's in charge? Like who's in charge? The mind, the untrained mind or you. So I think, uh, I think you got some Jomo to play with. Yeah, I do. And it's also the constant work I'm doing on detachment, right? Can you, can you be okay? Do I have to do these same exact races? Is it a must for me? Um, what's my attachment level to them? And it's a simple answer is I'm not attached. I'm, I'm going to have an experience either way, so I'm going to embrace whatever experience is supposed to happen on those days. And yeah. we are bringing the podcasting equipment down to Costa Rica. And we've talked about doing at least one, if not two during the cycling challenge. And, um, I won't go too far into those coming attractions. We'll just see how it plays out. And, uh, and then we'll launch that out to all of you guys. And then we're thinking of, uh, bringing that over to the Namaste cottage, which is a very, um, Ah, it's a very private couple of days there that Meg and Val and I spend together before we go into retreat. And you're coming. You're going to be our roomie. Um, you're coming one day after we arrive. So we're going to be in Nosara at the Namaste Cottage for a couple of days before we move over to Blue Spirit uh, on the 13th of May, which is a Saturday. And we're going to have that podcast equipment. It'd be pretty cool to capture capture that time there. So we'll be having uh, a little mini retreat before the retreat, which I know you'll totally be in line with. And plus all we need to do is just set you up at a coffee shop with Wi-Fi, and you'll be fine. We'll, <laughs> we'll swing by and pick you up in the cab on the way over to blue spirit. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all going to flow perfectly. You know, the, uh, eagerly looking forward to these, um, next three weeks as we prepare to go, but I'm, it's going to be really cool just to immerse ourselves um, down there. And, and for an extended period of time, I know you got to do that but last year, but I was only there for the cycling challenge. Yeah. So now oh, I'm going to be gosh. there for over two weeks. And you haven't been to Nosara before. Yeah, yeah. We have such a spectacular group. I think there's 23 of us going on the retreat. I mean, it's everything from my sister to... Um, one of my friends from fourth grade, like a lifelong dear friend. Uh, if anyone is blessed enough to have that person in your life for, you know, 40 plus years, then you know what I'm talking about. We've been through everything together and, um, you know, birth and death and not talking to each other and making up and fighting and getting into a lot of trouble, uh, along the way or not really getting into trouble because we were always really good at covering our tracks, but, um, yeah. And, uh, and then meeting her partner and we've got some athletes from team Yogi Travli coming down. 
wow, it's just going to be spectacular. Some folks that I haven't met before, um, people who have been with us in Costa Rica for the past three years. So right now this is, um, we're not planning on going back next year. Uh, and I can't, I, but I can't, I can't imagine us not going back. I mean, it's just such a spectacular experience down there. It really is. Oh man, it's just paradise. I can't wait for you to experience it. And the food is just out of this world. And why not constantly make it a two-week adventure always <laughs> with the challenge <laughs> and then yoga? I mean, why not? Why not? <laughs> what are you waiting for? I know. I've gotten into the habit anytime you're talking about an Ironman of like looking like, okay, is there a retreat center around there? Like I was looking at retreat centers at, in Nice, you know, like in, in the south of France. If, uh, if you were going to be looking to go to Nice and um, yeah, there's always a way. And I know that you got that opportunity to have, uh, you know, a yoga retreat and then go into a world championship. And that was a pretty, pretty high level. Uh, yeah. I think we talked about that, how powerful that experience was. And, and then the mind wants to duplicate it every single time I do that, but that's not, that's not, um, it's not how it has to go. You know, I can savor that experience and move on and create a new experience. And maybe there's a yoga treat, maybe there isn't, but yeah, I, for that point in time, that was blissful. All right. So what's next? What are you talking about next? What do you got going on? Well, by the time this podcast launches, we've got a couple of things. First is, this is going to launch on Monday, I think the 24th, and on April 29th, Chef Linda and I are coming together for Move, Meditate, and Mindful Eating. It's a class to feed your soul. It's going to be about 90 minutes. Well, we're saying 90 minutes, but I have a feeling it's going to go a little bit longer with just time for discussion and things like that, so we will stick around as long as people need us. But um, I'm going to teach a 45-minute class, uh, all levels yoga flow class. It's going to be on Zoom. And, and then I'm going to lead a short meditation, 10 to 15 minutes, and then I'm going to hand it over to Linda and Linda, um, is going to be sending out some gorgeous recipes she has created. And we're all going to share in, um, those recipes, meaning, uh, she'll have everything out to our attendees beforehand so that they can prepare the food and in the least, maybe just prepare like the fruit bowl. And then, um, she's going to have a journaling prompt. So bring your journals and then we're going to have time for like Q&A. And this is a great opportunity to um, engage with Linda. She is a wealth of information. She is a a health coach. She is a recipe creator. She is a plant-based chef. She's helping many athletes through Yogi Triathlete to up their game and their performance. And she, if you have not interacted with Linda, she is just, she's such a gem. And she's been on the podcast, but just to have that one-on-one interaction with her is so special. So we've got that going on on the 29th. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you want to sign up, definitely make the investment in yourself uh, for sure because you're worth it. And then um, also at this point, we will have launched our San Diego February 2024 retreat with Awake Minds, meaning me, Valerie, and Megan. It's going to be here in um, in Southern California, and it's uh, in the Santa Rosa Plateau region in wine country, which is like near Temecula, Murrieta. 
it's gorgeous. It's, it's all like in these mountain, it's in this mountainous area. It's off the beaten path. It's surrounded by nature. There's hiking trails. They, it's a new retreat center. They just built it like during 2020. I remember it being constructed and all of the food is going to be included. And it's all based on, you know, Ayurvedic, tridoshic, balancing meals that are made with love and infused with, um, they pray over them and they're going to infuse them with mantra. Uh, it's going to be really beautiful. So that is going to be a wellness retreat for women. So it is our first women's only retreat. BJ, you cannot come. Clark, you cannot come. And although, oh man, Clark would love to crash a wellness retreat for women. <laughs> It'd be so hardcore. He's so it drawn. would be too much. It would be too much for Clark. He, he loves Well, women. it might be too much for the women, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all about remembering our nature. You know, I mean, um, no offense guys, but women tend to be the leaders of the household. We just are. And, um, it's a role that we play quite naturally leaders of the family. Um, and you know, we do a lot, we hold a lot of space. We've got that nurturing, but we're also very powerful. We've got that divine feminine. And this is about just stepping away from all the roles that we play and just remembering like who we are for ourselves and allowing us to step back into the world, you know, even better versions, refreshed and restored and taking this respite from the world is, is so incredibly important. So you can check that out uh, through awakeminds.com. You can check it out through my website, Awake Athlete. You can check it out through Yogi Triathlete. There's many, many ways uh, you can learn about this retreat. And of course, you can always just reach out to me directly if you have any questions. So how long is this retreat? Do you guys this have This is four date? nights, five days. And we scheduled it um, because we, we have a lot of people who reach out to us and say, I'm in the school system. Can you please do something? You know, like, will you ever do a retreat in the summertime? Will you ever do a retreat during break? So we actually looked at the California school system break. We looked at the East Coast school system break, and they coincide in the same week. So it's February 17th, 18, 19, 20. I think it's the 17th to the 21st, 2024. And we start it um, like basically so that you're getting home and you still have a couple of days before you have to go back into the school system. If that is pertains to you, if you're somebody who, you know, wants to take advantage of this, but we didn't want to bring people on retreat and then have them go home on Sunday night and then Monday night, go right back to work. So I think what it is, is I think it starts on like a Saturday and I don't have the date, the days in front of me. And then it ends on like a Wednesday. So they've got days to like go back and do the things they had planned to do on break, but they're going to be in a much better capacity, you know, clarity and, and mindfulness and, and also just the food that, uh, we will all be consuming during that time and the way it's not just what we eat, it's how we eat, the way we eat, um, communing with nature that everybody will just be in a much better capacity to go home, finish out their week. And, um, you know, if you're not in the school system and you're like, this doesn't even pertain to me, if you just, if you have a job and maybe your job is family, um, you know, if you're a householder, then maybe what it is, it's like you stay a couple days in Southern California and you give yourself an extended retreat or you go home and you stand up strong, which you're going to be because you're going to remember your nature and you're going to say, okay, family, I'm taking like two more days off and you're just a part of the family. You're not the leader of the household, you know? And, um, so there's a lot of different things 
that you can do there, but we really wanted to build it in a way where um, you would still be able to have part of your week where you could ease back into life. So yeah, that's going to be really cool. I'm psyched about that one. And is there... Uh, is there a limit to how many people can go or is this? Yeah, this is going to be a smaller retreat. Um, I'm so glad you said that because we're taking over the entire retreat center, which is so special. So there's no other retreats there. And, um, we have room for 13 guests. So it's a smaller retreat. It's women only. It's going to be really special. What else? Okay. (laughs) This is where I need because you've you got a lot of <laughs> creation happening. I got a lot of creation. Happening. Yeah, I know. And what I keep I- pulling that card from the medicine deck. That's like create, create, create. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, pump the brakes, dude. Um, but it's okay. good though. Creation mode is good because you're you're putting that energy out there and not being confined to how programs or retreats actually need to be set up. Like you can immerse yourself into the what ifs and the possibilities. And that's how all these things come about. And I know you're going to share the next one, which is about just continuing to pull the thread of curiosity until it comes to fruition. And that's what you're going to be asking our audience to, to help with. So yeah, share. Okay. So this is where I need your help. You guys, I really need you to engage with me on this. Like I'm asking you, please engage after you listen to this, let me know where you want to go. How would they let you know? They can direct message me on Instagram, Jessica Mkowski. They can direct message on Instagram, Yogi Triathlete. They can email us at yogitriathlete at gmail.com. You can submit a contact form between like on awakeathlete.com or yogitriathlete.com. So you're saying there's a lot of ways to contact. So I'm saying there's a chance that your message is going to get through, but I'm really like, I need you guys help me because we have an amazing, I have an amazing opportunity that I would love to experience with people. So it is a yoga retreat, but it's not a traditional yoga retreat. It's a yoga adventure, which I'm super pumped about and listen up. I know there's some of you out there that are like, I'd love to go on a yoga retreat, but I do not want to spend 90 minutes to two hours a day in meditation. Um, and, uh, and this yoga adventure will help you not have to do that at all. Um, there will be yoga classes in the morning and the night, depending on the, on the schedule. But I am, I am partnering with a company called The Travel Yogi. And The Travel Yogi creates yoga adventures, which are, they describe them as life-changing experiences focused on adventure and immersion with dynamic yoga classes as our balancing anchor. That's me. I'm the balancing anchor. Um, While the yoga adventures can and will be many different things, there's two things that are always be consciously crafted um, and culturally immersive, which is what I really love about it is that you get into the, there's always one day where you're like in, in the culture and you're learning something like, um, there's one retreat. I, I hesitate to even bring it up because this isn't an option. Cause this is one that I think you and I will lead, um, later on is in Bali. Like when you go, where you go to like a family's house and you like prepare lunch with them. So that's kind of just an example of, of what you would do. 
So the two destinations that I'm looking at, and so to work with the travel yogi, the first retreat that I offer, and it's just me. So, and I, you know, this is the beauty of having this relationship with Megan and Valerie is that, you know, I told them I was pursuing this and of course they're nothing but supportive. So it's just me leading it. And then we have a person on the ground who is our, an English speaking guide all the time. So we're totally taken care of and the itineraries are set and they're totally amazing. And so the two locations that, um, that I'm looking at, because the first retreat that I book with them is private, meaning I am responsible, solely responsible for curating the retreat, meaning bringing the guests in. This is why I need you guys to let me know if you're seriously considering and which one, um, forget seriously considering, ready to pull the trigger and which one you'd pull the trigger on. So you ready for the two locations? Fire away. Okay. The first one is Peru. Okay. And the trip in one word is enlightening. So the Peru Yoga Retreat Adventure delivers everything from the pulsing life of Cusco to the serene majesty of the Sacred Valley. The trip is overflowing with elegance, culture, connection. You'll hike the last miles of the famous Inca Trail, slumber at the gates of Machu Picchu, which is an absolute highlight of the trip. You stay at the um, the Belmond Sanctuary Lodge, which is right there on Machu Picchu, which is amazing. So one of the things about these yoga adventures, this Peru one is you're traveling. You're not always staying in the same place, which is really, really cool. Um, and, um, then we're going to have yoga flows twice a day, unless there's travel. And then sometimes it's once a day, but we connect with indigenous communities, uh, explore the archeological and soak up the Andean wonders through all of our senses. So they're saying that when you return home from this Peru retreat, you'll actively be immersed in the culture through physical and mental activity on this yoga retreat adventure. You'll return home imbued with a sense of serenity and an appreciation of ancient wisdom and truths from the sacred valley. You'll feel a reverence for the deep history of the land and a respect for the cultured, for the varied cultures and people of Peru. So this one is enriching and rejuvenating. It's a mix of those things, and it's nine days, eight nights. Yeah, it's pretty that's, amazing. That's an immersion for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this one, you're you're traveling. Um, throughout, but, uh, BJ, what do you mean you're traveling throughout? So let's see, like you land in Cusco and then, um, there's also like, you'll be staying in different locations. So I'll put links to these two retreats in the, um, in the show notes for this episode. So go to yogitriathlete.com and check out the show notes. So then you can check out these itineraries because they're really enriching, um, itineraries. And I can't sit here and read all of this. <laughs> Looks like Peru. Peru is like in the mountains. Yeah. The Andes. Yeah. So BJ, do you have any questions about this retreat? Like well, uh, I know you touched upon it, and it's going to vary. But what's a, I know what's a day like. Like, okay, can you paint a picture of what? I know they're going to be different, but maybe just a typical day. What, All right, what, what day? 
What day? You give me a day. I've got the whole Tuesday. Tonight. No, not Tuesday. Oh. What day? Day one, day two, day three, oh. <laughs> day Tuesday. How about day four? All right. Let's look at day four. Day four, sunrise, open hearts and minds yoga. I can take care of that. No problemo. Travel to the earthwork terraces of Moray and discover the ingenuity of the Incas. Hike from Moray to the Maras village following a trail traditionally used for local farmers and their animals. Enjoy lunch in a local country home hosted by friends on the outskirts of the Maras village. So this is what I'm talking about. You go into people's homes and you have lunch. <laughs> you don't stay the night though. <laughs> Continue to marvel at the Incan enterprise and explore the 3,000 small pools of the Mara's salt works, evening grounding yoga on the terrace and a group dinner. So that's day that four. That sounds pretty cool. I know. This, we'll do one more amazing. day. Do day seven. Okay. Day seven. Day seven. Okay. Morning yoga and breakfast. Morning exploration of Machu Picchu. Delve into the theories of purpose of Machu Picchu, its Incan heritage, and astronomical astronomical significance. The engineering, history, majesty of Machu Picchu and its marvels will fill your morning. Enjoy an early lunch and depart Machu Picchu for Aguas Calientes and on to Cusco. Explore town and dine in a local Cusco restaurant. And all that's included. Right. So that's day seven. And there is, uh, nine days. I, I had, did you have a dream? No, (laughs) but an unexpected, um, liking to having Makamai, uh, come in and share the local stories and, culture, even though she was there for like, I don't know, less than an hour. It was really quick. And song, like I think she had two songs. But having that local person there to to share the culture, I thought was was pretty amazing. It's actually one of the most amazing things about that retreat that we were on, even though it was less than an hour. So going into people's homes, I'm sure that's going to be an experience where you're going to hear things that you just normally wouldn't hear if you're at a yoga retreat and you're just staying in, in one in one space. Yeah. That was really powerful in Maui. Yeah, Makamai. It was amazing. We were all chanting. We were yeah. trying to chant like Aho Mai. Aho Mai. Um and so Mikila, who I've been talking with, the, the travel yogi, um, she was saying that, um, you know, Peru is a moving adventure through various region, regions. It's jam-packed, It's a jam-packed adventure with lots of cultural immersion, hiking on the Inca Trail, and then, um, you know, the highlight, which is really staying uh, on Machu Picchu, which is amazing. Okay. Are you ready for the second location? Let's Go. Okay. The second location that I'm considering um, is the Galapagos. That's yes. pretty cool. I've always been curious about the Galapagos. Yes. And all the animals. Yes. And so um, the Galapagos, you have one home base for the week. Okay. So whereas Peru is like a moving adventure, you're going to be staying in different places. Galapagos, you've got this one home base and you take boat trips to various islands throughout the week. So a lot of water activities, flora and fauna, and a naturalist guide with us the whole way. So the Galapagos, one word, prolific. That's how they describe it. 
Um, the Galapagos Yoga Retreat Adventure is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Giant tortoises roam freely and wild horses wander on the property where we stay, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And UNESCO is United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural uh, Organization. So it's one of their um, locations. It's this amazing land where, like, if you look at the pictures, um, you'll at- see... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see, like, the, the these giant tortoises and are just roaming the property where you're staying. You'll swim with sea lions, visit the tortoise sanctuary, spot penguins, sharks, marine iguanas, and amazing blue-footed boobies. Um, focus on exploration and adventure. You'll spend every day in amazement at the wild beauty and boundless energy of the Galapagos. Uh, when you return home, you will be inspired by natural wonder of the Galapagos. You'll carry a sense of adventure, amazement, exploration when you return home, reverence, and a new respect for nature. Aside from memories and photos, you'll bring back a sense of awe at the diversity of life and the fragile beauty of our remarkable blue planet. This one, eight days, seven nights. Unblemished, wild, and beautiful. That's what they are calling it. Man, these animals, I'm looking at them right now. Yeah. big tortoises, these red crabs, (laughs) the seals, and otters. What? Oh, we love otters. All right. Wow. What are your questions, BJ? Uh, Let's sign up for that one. You like this one? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, one thing that I had talked to her about was just, you know, dietary concerns and things like that. And none of that's a problem. So if you are plant-based, if you are fully vegan, if you are uh, gluten-free or everything's, if you are just like uh, an omnivore, you just eat everything, like you're good to go. So none of that is an issue at all. Just get that out of the way. That's cool. Do you want to know some of the days? Day. Okay. This is fun. Two. Okay. Day two. Ooh, we're so excited to be there. Okay. Sunrise yoga, early breakfast before a big day departure. (sighs) Bartolome is a crown jewel of the Galapagos Islands for its special geological features, amazing dual crescent bays, and verdant wildlife. Today is all about pinnacle rock, Galapagos penguins, white-tipped reef sharks, sea turtles, naturalist guiding hiking, guided snorkeling, early evening return to Santa Cruz, dinner, and crash out sleepy time. Sounds pretty good. I, I like the sleepy time. <laughs> I do too. All right, that's day two. What other day? Last day. Ooh. Day seven. Sunrise stroll to the pristine Las Grietas local swimming spot, breakfast in town post swim, and then explore Puerto Ayora. Head to the Charles Darwin Research Station. Check out the fish market. That will be um, that will be an exercise Optional. in non-attachment for <laughs> us whole food vegans, and that's okay. I can I can support you through that, uh, you know. And this is a cultural fact of this environment, so it's not about resisting it. Um, explore town, shop, or grab a drink. Waterfront with a sea lion, and in parentheses, seriously, it says lunch on property, sunset yoga, and dinner in Puerto Ayora. Soak up the people and animal vibes. Yep, Galapagos animals go everywhere. Wow. I mean, sea lions and turtles. 
And penguins. Like, I what know, are the penguins it, doing the, down there? The sea lions and turtles. It's pretty cool. So, you guys, I need your help. Um, oh, so what are you asking? So, this is a huge undertaking, and I understand it's nobody's issue, but 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 mine. Um, and I want to know, I really need to know, like, do you guys want to go to one of these places? This isn't a traditional yoga retreat. It's a yoga adventure. They both sound like once in a lifetime experiences. Um, one of the cool things about the travel yogi is, um, they are hooked up with tomorrow's air, which is, um, a conduit for conscious climate change. And what they do is they partner with um, travel companies to help remove uh, their carbon footprint. So that's kind of a beautiful thing that they, um, that they're also partnered with. And what I need to do is once this launches and I hear back from all of you amazing listeners, look, we see the numbers. We know, we know there's a large amount of you that listen to this show every month, like as soon as it's launched and within the first week. So please give us your, even if you say, oh, hell no, I don't want to go to Machu Picchu. Uh-uh. Like no way. Galapagos sounds like it stinks. Um, just let me know if it's a hard no too, because I I would love to curate this experience with you all, and um, but I can't do it without uh, without people coming with us. So check out the Travel Yogi. It's just the Travel Yogi. Uh, Dot com and we'll put links to these two, but these are the two that I'm considering. Uh, they've been working. They've been working with me. They've been so wonderful. I love the way these women work. They're like just the experience has been super patient and spacious, and making sure that everything is a, a good fit for the yogi triathlete community. Really, um, they have been looking into yogi triathlete and. Um, just think that this is a great fit for athletes, and um, and so do I. And so, yeah, let me know because when I come back from Costa Rica, I'm going to let them know what uh, I'm going to make a decision on the location, and then we're going to move forward. So the soonest this retreat would be would be 2024, and um, yeah, and then we'll go from there. So two options to vote on. We've got Peru and we've got the Galapagos Islands. Yep. Peru is like a jam-packed moving adventure and there's stuff every day, but, um, Galapagos is like, you get to your, you get to that UNESCO world heritage site and that's where you're staying for the week. And then the other one you've got, you'll be kind of packing up and going to different locations. And no dates are set right now. No. It's just, you're gathering interest as to which direction you should pursue. To put yes. on a retreat. And then dates will be announced, prices announced, and... Prices are on there right now. Okay. Yep. So prices are already there. So just dates of what you'll select, and then people can actually choose to participate in yes. the actual retreat. Okay. Yes. And then once we have success with this first private retreat, um, and they get to see how I work, and I get to see how they work, then I will be a partner with them where I can offer retreats, and it will go out to all of their 20-something thousand followers, and of course, that will be a big help. So I'm really looking to the Yogi Triathlete community to say, yeah, girl, let's go. <laughs> All right. So we need to, we need to help you out here. Get this first one solidified. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. do it. I say Galapagos. You do? Yeah. Okay. So cool. Both, I feel like 
it's a, it's a matter of time before I go to both of, to go to both of those locations. So, um, if it's not Peru or it's not Galapagos, it'll be the other at some point. Yeah. Cause uh, I'm not stopping this anytime soon. This, this ability to, you know, incorporate yoga, um, and, and see the world And, you know, I just feel like this community is not about like going to a resort and sitting on a beach and drinking lots of pina coladas and eating a lot of heavy food. My ties. That's what we did at our wedding. You know, we want to see the world. We want to expand and be adventurous. And um, I think that, you know, to be able to partner with a company like the Travel Yogi, who is consciously crafting these experiences for people, I've talked to, I've uh, been talking with them and, um, also the owner of the company is, so Luca's mom, Wendy, this is how I found out about, she's also an amazing yoga teacher and she's doing a retreat through them. And I checked it out. Well, the owner used to be one of Wendy's students. So it's just even having, um, Luca's mom, you know, vouch for them. And then of course they called her as soon as they saw my application and she vouched for me and it just, it seems like a really nice, nice fit. Like it's a small company. It's basically these, uh, the woman who owns it and then another woman. So small company. We're not, you know, we're not, uh, traveling with this huge company. And, uh, it seems like all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Well, since, all right. So what else do you have on that? that That's it. We're out. All right. Well, since you mentioned Luca and what we didn't cover, in the SmackDown with the team is, you know, what our experience was like at Oceanside uh, two weekends ago, and also what it was like the, the day after the race to run the 5K with Luca uh, for his second year. So, yeah, I want to touch upon that if we can shift gears. Please. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, what was. I'm sure people binge. We've been hearing feedback on, on uh, a, a lot of the our listeners who have listened to that SmackDown of oh Oceanside. Gosh. Aren't I mean, those guys amazing? It's, it's Well, first of all, it's really cool to put, put, pull together a team race and to get a bunch of people together. And although it was the Tri-Club Championships in the Southwest region, I believe, or West Coast, I can't remember, um, championships, it was just good to have people on course and then our community of supporters who came up and watched, and then our podcast listeners um, coming up and saying hi, and then just the people that we know here uh, that run in the same circles as us being out there. And um, it was just really, it's really cool to do a race with so much support and and people you know. So um, we're going to be playing some races for next year. We're already talking about it to, to pull this community together again. But let's talk about St. St. George. I got St. George on the mind. Oh, Jomo, dude. Let's Jomo. Talk about, Jomo that. Because um, I'm thinking about St. George in 2024. You're not thinking about St. Right. George in 2024. I'm doing 20, St. George in 2024. That's such a BJ race. All right. Oceanside. How did it go for you? This is your first Oceanside. My first Oceanside. Yeah. It was... Um, it was my one of my slowest times. Um, I'll just get that out there. And... Um, and honestly, it didn't really matter. Um, there was a lot of things to get caught up in. And my mind was like, really? It's just, man, 
this meditation thing, it just works. It works so well and it stays with you. It's like, it's not like motivation, which is like temporary and fleeting and never shows up when you need it. Uh, connection to a calm mind is like, it just shows up for you effortlessly. And it was really cold that morning and it's been a trying winter here. Uh, it's interesting because meditator Bob tasked me with, you know, focusing on contentment, which Mother Nature has given me a great opportunity to focus on contentment. We have been under a lot of gray clouds and rain, and and um, and and what I'm doing is just really focusing on how healthy the earth is right now, and just the flowers and the bees, and oh my gosh, it's amazing. But it was cold that morning. The water was cold. It was. Uh, I had um, made a last minute goggle choice, which I didn't double think. Uh, and these goggles have never given me an issue. I've probably worn them four times. And from the first stroke, they were just filled with Harbor water, had to stop like six times. So I'd get to the buoy and I'd, I'd sneak behind the buoy and I'd take the goggles off and I press them as hard as I could and just pull the things. And I think because I had so many starts and stops during that, I was losing momentum. So I was getting swallowed up by swimmers who were in the flow, you know? So there was a, like, I got kicked in the jaw pretty good. I was punched in the back of the head. I got pushed, you know, down. It was just aggressive swim. It's triathlon swim, right? So none of this is um, a surprise to anybody who's got some skin in the game. And, um, but just to have that calmness uh, through it all. So it was a really aggressive swim. The bike ride was like, stunning, just really beautiful. My feet and my hands were so cold. They were like, my f- I just sat in T1 and just pawed at myself for a while, like 17 minutes. It was an atrocious transition time. And then finally I just gathered all my things up in my paws and went over to a volunteer and I just said, can you help me? Like, I need help. I need, I couldn't zip. I couldn't get my shoes on. I couldn't, um, I couldn't get my nutrition in my pocket. So this, that's what volunteers are there for. And, you know, in moments like that, you just let go of the time. You're just like, whatever. I don't know how long this is going to be. And, um, the bike was great. I finally got my feet back around mile 40. I think it was about mile 30 before my hands came back. And, um, that felt really great on the run. It felt really great. I don't know if all the cold, like, was good for my body or something, but I felt excellent on the run and I loved the run course and just heard my name being shouted so many times. And, and, um, yeah, felt excellent on the run. Like none of my normal things showed up. I just felt great. Uh, I just couldn't, I could, I could tell that I didn't have my long runs in me, which I just didn't, I didn't have long runs in me, like consistent long runs, but I felt really good. And one of the most special things was the day before the race, you know, I led a breath-focused meditation, which to think about Ironman reaching out to Yogi Triathlete and asking us to lead a meditation, and they use the word meditation, not us. Like I was like, oh, we're not calling this a meditation. Nobody's going to come. And they called it a meditation. I was like, all right, we're calling it a meditation. Let's go. And um, to think about that happening even five years ago is just, uh, it's just incredibly gratifying. And we've gone through a lot as everybody does in this life. Nobody gets a free pass. 
And to have moments like that, um, man, I told meditator Bob, I was like, I just want more. I just want more. I want more. I just want more of that. But it's, uh, you know, his answer is always be humble, be humble. And, and I was humbled by that and honored. And that was beautiful. And thank you to everybody who passed me on the bike. I get passed a lot, passed me on the bike and the run and just gave shout outs like, Hey, thanks so much. Yogi, like, thanks so much for the breath work. I tried it this morning. It helped so much. Like, thank you. Thank And that was so cool. So I felt like I made a whole bunch of new friends for the race too. Yeah. It was pretty spectacular. And then some of the athletes were receiving feedback from people yeah. who had gone to the the exercise because they saw the kits and they would tell James. I didn't get any of that. Nobody told me anything about the breathing, but I guess other people on the team uh, had had riders come by and say how how helpful it was. Um, and it was it was really cool to witness it. Um, it's funny because it's about calming calming your breath, calming your nerves. But you almost needed a megaphone there to reach all the people to clearly get your message across. Uh, I know we brought everybody in, but that's this is just the start. I think this is just the start um, to what we can provide the community to find calm. You know, the, that day that you did that, that Friday before the race, the water was a little bit angry. Like the waves were pretty big and aggressive, and we were going down on the rocks on the shore to the south of the pier. And there were a lot of people there who chose not to go in and, but they were witnessing and watching people and you could feel the energy. You can feel the unknown and uncertainty. And it was great just to chat with them and sort of calm their nerves a bit and understand that, um, there's ways to actually move through that belief without actually getting in the water. Like you can actually begin to work on the mind even before you dip your toes in. Yeah, that was really awesome. I see us doing that more more and more. It's kind of like how we were doing yoga before Ironman races. I would set up a little, or I guess I was doing, no, we were both doing them because we did them in Santa Rosa, but just putting it out to the community that we'll do a little yoga flow or something before, before the race. Yeah, that was really cool. How'd your race go? I was so grateful, super grateful to be on that start line. I didn't know what was going to happen just six or seven weeks earlier if I was actually going to be able to participate um, due to some sensation, you know, in my hip still from leftover uh, from the fall. But something had shifted. Not the fall, like you didn't fall. No, I didn't fall from from fall racing. Fall racing. (laughs) Two Ironmans and a half in in four weeks or in five weeks. You did a lot last year. Yeah. Um, Uh, shout out to Lawrence, uh, inner runner. I can't stress enough how important it is to find your guru, your guide to the body. Um, I know my body really well, but seeking outside assistance when needed and to actually implement those words and actions that they provide you is the key to success. That is what allowed me to get to that start line. Like, yeah, Lawrence was there and he provided me input, but you, me actually had to do stuff every day to put my body into position to show up. So I was really in gratitude. I didn't care about the cold. It really didn't affect me. We did that swim Friday. I was didn't even realize it. And then race morning, you and I had totally different experiences. I think we're on different courses, to be honest. <laughs> 
from what all I you think were. You were on a different course. Yeah. Everybody had like aggro swims and you were like, what? Water was fine. It was warm. Yeah, there was nobody out there. Water wasn't cold. I never lost breath. I never was anxious. Uh, I almost went off course once. Uh, on the return trip, the sun was in my eyes. I swam into a lifeguard on his board, and he's like, "I got to tell you, we're gonna. You may be, you know, disqualified if you don't head over there for that buoy uh, before you get too far." So I like beelined it over to the buoy. Took a hard left. You yeah, saw hard left. The, saw the, the buoy GPS and then took a map. right. Uh, I don't know how I got lost, but you know, probably lost a little bit of time there. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I did the breathing. I did the breathing, standing in line. I had uh, for the first time I put socks on. And just stood in and stood in line with socks on, uh, so my toes didn't get super super cold. And uh, I did jumping jacks. I jumped up and down. I was really prepared. I was really prepared. And I want to say because I want to record this, I used clear goggles on race morning, even though we'd be swimming into the sun. Uh, for a swim like that where it was confined and a lot of people going shifting on both sides, I just felt I wanted to have the most visual awareness I could possible. That was my choice. Uh, and I think I did uh, Arizona in clear goggles too. And that was, that was into the sun as you head out on, the, on that um, north side of the swim. So swim was great. You know, I was about a minute or two off my normal pace, but that's fine. Uh, I definitely geared up for the bike. I put on my vest. I had toe covers already on my shoes, already on the bike. I put on gloves and I put on a buff around my neck. I probably didn't need that. Uh, and it was like just enough because after like 20, 30 minutes, I was, I was warm. I was okay. It was like anything more would have been a little too much. Um, I really want to tackle this bike and be successful at it. That's why I'm going back year after year. Cause I really feel I can figure this bike out, but for some reason it's been a little bit more challenging for me. So I'll just continue to show up and see what happens. A little bit slower than last year, the previous year, but uh, but I felt I didn't feel the sensations that I normally have in my lower back and glutes specifically until like five to ten miles left in the race. Where normally I'll feel it, you know, ten or fifteen miles into the race. So that's a that's a really big positive to what I'm doing with my my body work and mobility. Um, so that was that was a plus and. You know, looking back now that I have obviously finished it and I know my time, there are moments there in the bike where we just, I just caught up with these four riders and I didn't want to get drafting. So I surged once or twice, like putting up really big effort. Like I was pushing 280, 300 watts, which is really big for me to get past them only to have them, you know, flow right past me again uh, in a little chain. So I wanted to avoid any penalties. So I probably could have surged two or three more times because when you do that, you're actually getting closer to the end of the bike versus holding back and really, you know, um, taking the throttle off the pedal, you know, just getting a little bit um, out of the slipstream and taking it easy. So that's probably something I would do different. Uh, Finished the bike strong and got to the run. I was in and out pretty quickly. And right away I targeted my race pace, just wanted to see what I had and pushed it really strong. I used my, um, 
I used my nutrition, so my handheld soft flask with right stuff and goo roctane. And because I don't like to carry something, I felt this urgency to put it down quicker. So that actually helped me. You know, that's, what did I say? 2,100 milligrams of sodium in the first six miles, seven miles. And then I was able to take the water bottle, which is collapsible, because it's one of the soft ones, and just shove it in my shirt. So then I had nothing in my hands, which I really like to run with. And just let it flow. Just ran what I could, focused. I love the course. Gave shout outs. Not too many though, because you got to you gotta stay focused. I bombed the downhill, down sea gaze, which was fun. And um, yeah, just, I love that run course. And gave myself a chance. You know, I, I put out a good effort, a little bit slower than last year, and that's okay. Again, I'm super grateful that I was actually able to run with no sensation at all. So it's funny how you go into these races and you feel things in the body. And, you know, there's mornings I walk down the stairs and my heel is like, there's like a knife. There's like knives on the stairs and they're going through my heel. And it's something that ebbs and flows. But on race day, there's like none of that. Even though I ran barefoot out of the water, I ran barefoot when I had to uh, rack my bike. Like I ran that all barefoot because I left my shoes strapped to the, the bike. I was fine. I was fine. So... Great day. I ended up finishing 12th in my age group. I thought you were 11th. 12th. Oh, 12, 12 seconds off a... But I was 12 seconds out of the top 10. Oh, 12 seconds between... And there's so many places wow. I could have saved 12 seconds. So many. But again, I'm super grateful. I, I really... Those are de- fine details. I'm not attached to it. It just gives me f- fuel to, um, to get after it on the next race, which is Santa Cruz right now. So I've got, I don't know five months before my next race. So time to get this run back up to speed and yeah. I love it. I think, I think above all, just, um, being there with the team and being able to race with you again was, was super cool. Yeah. It was awesome. Okay. Let's, uh, why don't you smack down the Carlsbad Carlsbad 5,000 the next day with (laughs) lightning fast Luca. Luca had the goal of of running sub twenty one this year at at the Carlsbad five k, um, but I put it out to the team like come support, come watch, come run. And so Bobby and um, Don um, actually decided to run with us. So who is our resident baker, and he makes oh, us yeah. vegan, vegan muffins. He's been making us vegan muffins before these. It, Races, he's amazing. He's such a sweetheart. Started in Santa Cruz, and, and Bobby and he was on. More here. Bobby was on the SmackDown. He's just uh, such a spectacular dude. Love that guy. So we uh, we're gonna run the five thousand, and we we pick um, Luca's start time, which was ten ten, I think. Because he's not a morning person. He's not a morning person, <laughs> and I was so grateful. Uh, so the morning I spent, I knew that this turnaround would be quick. So, and I knew that he wanted to run fast. So, you know, really put in good food Saturday night, got up early Sunday, did mobility, went for a walk with Clark. I got on the bike and spun for 30 minutes. I ran down to go pick up my number and easy jog back. Uh, so I was really like warmed up and stayed, stayed fluid. Um, and I think that was really beneficial to allowing me to actually, you know, run with Luca. So we get to the start line and talking strategy with them. We got to hold back, you know, if we want to get this 21. Um, 
as soon as the gun went off, he went flying. <laughs> he was out of there so quick. He dropped all three of us so quickly. It was like four, I don't know, what is that? Like, I was like trying to reach for him, like, oh, Luca, come back. Uh, but I kept saying, Luca, you need to slow down, you need to slow down. But he wasn't, he wasn't hearing it. So <laughs> I ran as fast as I could with trying to keep him in sight. Uh, until we turned the corner and we took a left down on Carlsbad Village. And then finally I was able to catch up to him. Uh, he wasn't able to hold that too long. And then we just started pacing and going for it. And really a good practice in seeing what the body is capable of. And I definitely could have run faster. As you know, I'm a steam engine. So as I pick up speed and as I get deeper into a race, I can go faster but I was there in support of Luca and we really had to bring awareness back to the present moment. Like working with him is, is really important to be honest and be truthful and to um, stay in the moment to give ourselves the best chance of achieving that goal. And we had to push really hard in that last mile um, and even on the home stretch, and we didn't make the time. What was the time? Would you guys twenty three something or twenty two forty five? Twenty two something, yeah. Maybe twenty two forty five. So we didn't hit the time, and just like all of us, Luca was dissatisfied with the outcome for 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 a brief moment. You know, the attachment was there, and it's something we all work with too. So. It was really important to just listen to him and and hear his frustration of not hitting the time, but also that there's many more opportunities out there to race and that we can't PR every single time we race. And it's 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 been eye-opening to witness this through the eyes of an 11-year-old who's working through things that a lot of 40, 50, and 60-year-olds are working with on our team. It's this attachment to outcome. And that there's only one possible time to be your best. But these are the seeds that are planted every time you race to learn and grow and and get to that ultimate race experience that you desire on the timeline that's dictated by something outside of us. Um, so we can effort all we want, but when the time is right, it will show. So it's it's important to to continue to detach, to strive. And to really enjoy what you're doing and love what you're doing. Because if you love this journey, you love this process, you're always going to be successful. So my advice to Luca was every time you cross the finish line, you're winning. Every time you cross the finish line, you're winning. Um, yeah, really, really special experience. Thanks, Bobby and Don, for you know being out there and running and... Um, Shows you that you can do a half Ironman one day and run fast the next day. Anything is possible. It was so cool to um, see, you know, Bobby and Don and then, you know, and then like Bobby interacting with Luca and, you know, and then interacting with Wendy and Rob, Luca's parents. And it's just, man, this community, like, whew, it really just floors me. Um the love and support and, you know, we touched upon it on the SmackDown, just how this team welcomes in people, you know, maybe athletes that are on the team, but they're in town. Like, it's like immediately 
their family. It's kind of like how you and I feel when we go to Costa Rica. It was like all of a sudden we were family of like this massive cycling community. And, and that's what this, that's what this community does. And it's like, it's just whatever Yogi Triathlete is, like whatever this force is that has called us all to more in this life and has called us all together and has called you and, and me to so much being the stewards of this entity, it's a really powerful force. And it's, um, you know, it's the elephant, it's the community, it's the endurance, it's the loyalty, it's, it's all the things that elephants represent. And, um, boy, to see it so effortlessly, to see this energy effortlessly flow through this community and our team is just so incredible to see. So I just, I bow to everyone, bowing to everyone. I'm going to steal, uh, what Mike Riley is going to steal from us with the connector, um, philosophy, you know, this, this role of connection and, that's what we do a lot. We, we connect a lot of people and I'm thinking about now Bobby's connected to Wendy and what she's doing with Luca and, you know, sending athletes up towards Mendo in a couple of weeks or when this launches a couple of weeks ago and stopping at Healdsburg running company and seeing Skip and, and Ralphie there. Like we're connecting community, uh, communities of people together. And from that, now they've got a connection that's separate from us. We don't, we're actually not involved in that conversation or experience, even though the drops of, or the seeds were planted with us, they can take it from there and form their own little communities out of that. And yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. It really is something special that we have always wanted. And now we're seeing the benefits of, of, it actually coming into physical manifestation. Super grateful for the community at Yogi Triathlete. Super grateful for all you listeners out there. And if any of this resonates with you and you want to share that, please, please go ahead. We'd love to hear from you and just keep being you. As Jess likes to say, the world needs you to be more of you. <laughs>